This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 15th of December. In your Squiz today, Kathleen Folbig's name is cleared, a high-profile presenter fronts a high-profile case, powering up in far north Queensland, and mega meatball madness. This is your Squiz today. Claire, Kathleen Folbig is someone we talked a bit about mid-year when she was released from prison, and yesterday her convictions were quashed. The court found new scientific evidence showed there was reasonable doubt over the charges that she killed her four children. That evidence was brought to the fore by an inquiry that wrapped up earlier this year and it led to Folbig being released from prison in June after she was pardoned by the New South Wales Attorney General. Folbig's children, that's Caleb, Patrick, Sarah and Laura, they were all aged between 19 days and 19 months when each of them died suddenly between 1989 and 1999. Police began investigating Folbig in 1999 after Laura died and they laid charges against her in 2001. In 2003, she went to jail to serve a 25-year sentence. There have been a number of inquiries into her case, but in 2021, an international team of scientists published evidence that Folbig and her daughters shared a genetic mutation that was linked to life-threatening cardiac arrhythmias. And her sons also carried a gene that was linked to early-onset lethal epilepsy. That's all her release from prison, but there was one job left to do. Yeah, and that was to have the convictions quashed, and that's what happened yesterday. Her record has been wiped of those convictions now. As for what can be learned from the whole experience, supporters of Volbig have called on measures to ensure that scientific evidence is better accounted for in the legal system. Without reforms, they say that miscarriages of justice will continue, and that's something that they want to see headed off. For her part, Folbig was emotional outside court yesterday. She said she'd always hoped and prayed that one day she would be able to stand there with her name cleared. Her legal team says compensation is the next step. And the children's father is Craig Folbig. His lawyer yesterday said that Craig believes no compensations should be paid and a new trial against Kathleen should be ordered. Those who have been following Bruce Lerman's defamation case would know that news presenter Lisa Wilkinson took to the stand yesterday to give evidence. Lerman is suing the former Project host and Network 10 over an interview with the woman who's accused him of sexual assault, Brittany Higgins, in early 2021. So Lerman's lawyer is Matthew Richardson, and he was the one who questioned Wilkinson yesterday about a whole heap of things. But one thing that stood out was around the veracity of a photo that Higgins had of a bruise on her leg. Wilkinson said that she, and this is the quote, elevated her concerns to senior members of the team, but she was reassured that the veracity was a non-issue. Richardson also pressed her on whether, and again, another quote, um, was thrilled by the riveting commercial appeal of the story. Wilkinson didn't really appreciate that insinuation. She said that it made her sound like a cheap tabloid journalist. She also 
also rejected accusations that she was entirely captured by Brittany Higgins and failed to challenge her story. And she defended her speech at the 2022 Logies, which delayed Lerman's criminal trial. Wilkinson will continue to be cross-examined today and the case looks likely to run into another week. As long-time squizzers know, Claire, you're in Sydney and it was stinking hot there yesterday. So we can only imagine what conditions were like for the tens of thousands of people who are still without power as far north Queenslanders start the big clean-up after tropical cyclone Jasper. Look, things weren't too bad on that front, certainly when it came to temperatures in far north Queensland yesterday. They weren't as brutal as they can be at this time of year. Jasper Mm. has brought a lot of rain and that kept the temperature temperatures to under 30 degrees. But the more immediate problem right now is that there are trees that are down, there are flooded roads, and there's a lot of damage to infrastructure. Communities in the Mareeba region are still under flood warnings. They've had massive rainfalls there, uh, in some parts more than 600 millimetres, which is about four months worth of rain in a couple of days. And authorities, as you mentioned, Alice, the power issue, they're really working to try and get the power back on. Local politicians, though, say that there's a great deal of relief in the community because things could have been worse. And Claire, like I said, it was hot in Sydney yesterday. Oh, it sure was. In fact, Sydney is sweltering through its hottest start to summer based on records going back to 1859. So stay cool and keep hydrated, everyone in Sydney. (laughs) Yeah, and that makes sense. It makes the complaining a little bit less onerous (laughs) if if it's a record-breaking start. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Superannuation can sometimes feel like just another overwhelming life admin chore. But as a member of Aware Super, you'll have access to lots of free online tools to help you, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you might need for retirement and comes with an easy to understand plan of how to get there. Read the PDFs and TMD at aware.com.au. We're putting together our year in review podcasts and newsletter for squizzes to enjoy over the break. And I don't think it's made the cut for things we talked about a lot, but in some circles, Ozempic has been a big deal this year. And yesterday, the medicine prescribed to people to help manage diabetes and obesity was back in the headlines thanks to one Oprah Winfrey. So she didn't name the drug. There are several drugs like Ozempic that Oprah could have used, but yesterday she said after five decades of yo-yoing and believing that willpower was my failing. The medication has helped her lose a significant amount of weight this year. There are plenty of celebrities. You only have to look at some of the tabloid sort of websites to see that there's lots of talk about celebrities using drugs like this. Um, Few have admitted to it, so there's a sense that Oprah might push drugs like Ozempic even more into the mainstream. Yeah, that's if you can get your hands on a prescription. In Australia, market disruptors like Juniper dispense Ozempic online, and yesterday they emailed their patients to say that supplies are exhausted, so an alternative to Ozempic would be sent out. The TGA, which is our drugs regulator, has a problem with that. They say they can't block it, but the substitute hasn't been tested for weight loss patients yet. I haven't enjoyed the delicacy that is IKEA meatballs for years, Claire, but I do have very fond memories. So this might be my reminder to give them another crack. The Swedish retailer has unveiled a 4.5 kilo 
turkey-sized <laughs> meatball for Christmas. And look, it really has to be seen to be believed. It's about as good-looking as you would imagine when it comes to a 4.5-kilogram meatball. Uh, it's described in articles online as a giant orb. That's definitely what it looks like. Um, <laughs> the meatball is plenty big enough to share. Ikea reckons that it feeds up to 25 people. But I'm sorry to say, Alice, you can't get one in Australia. Uh, <laughs> there are only 30 of these meatballs. They're on offer via an Instagram competition, which is only running in the United Kingdom. Very sad for me, but I don't know if I'd have enough dedication to prep the extra amount of side dishes you'd need to balance <laughs> that one out anyway. So I'll just stick to the regular ones this year, I guess, Claire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back to Ikea and refresh your memory on the regular ones. That's good enough. And Claire, I think you've got something a little bit more achievable for Friday Lights today. Yeah. So look, you and I have the great pleasure of working with a wonderful woman named Gillian Bradford. And mm -hmm. what she has recommended this week for us is a salad dressing. Um, it's a salad dressing from Recipe Tin Eats. It's for a bigger salad. It's a sort of Vietnamese chicken salad. Uh, what Gillian tells us that we need to do is quadruple the ingredients, make a whole batch of this salad dressing, put it in the fridge and just use it throughout the week on any salad or steamed greens and it turns it into a winner. Delicious. I'll pop the link for that one in the episode notes today. And squeeze the day, Claire. What have you got your eye on? Alice, a couple of things. One, I'm going to see you in person, which is very exciting. You're coming to hot old Sydney <laughs> from Adelaide. <laughs> and the reason you're doing that is it's a squeeze Christmas party. So that's yep. pretty exciting just to give <laughs> us a bit of a plug. I'm looking forward to a drink with everyone a bit later today. Yeah, it'll be so nice to see everyone. And Claire, the other thing is that you and Kate will be back with the weekly wrap tomorrow. Yeah, there's lots going on in the news. So lots for us to wrap up for the week as we get to the close of the year. That's it for us today. We hope you have a great weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50. And that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.